Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Caroline Bowman. My name is Austin Colby, and you're listening to Eleven. The official theater podcast. Hello and welcome to Eleven, the official theatre podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. They're the real-life married couple that are currently leading the national tour of Disney's mega-hit musical Frozen as it brings joy to theatres across the United States. As Ice Queen Elsa and dashing Prince Hans, this duo is taking their bow front and centre while remaining as each other's biggest and most loyal supporters. With other credits on stage including Kinky Boots, Wicked, Jersey Boys, West Side Story, The Sound of Music, South Pacific and Evita, they're no stranger to the spotlight and wowing audiences with their impressive acting and rather fierce vocals. So here, in an exclusive conversation directly following their latest opening night on the national tour, we discuss leading the way as Elsa Elsa and Hans in Disney's Frozen musical, the welcomed pressures of playing such signature and iconic roles, and why nobody is fooled by the enormity of singing songs like Let It Go each and every night. Plus, why this show means more to fans than perhaps even they first thought. Plus, we talk starring in Jersey Boys, the global hits online of Evita, why Wicked was a lifelong dream, the accent of Kinky Boots, and why the most important person in their household has four legs and a tail. For the first time in, well, ever, it's the incredible Caroline Bowman and Austin Colby here now together on this, the next episode of Eleven, the official theatre podcast. To ensure the safety of all involved in this episode of Eleven, Caroline Austin and I connected for this conversation digitally, so please forgive any brief moments while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy. They're the king and queen of the theatre world that are helping bring a touch of Disney magic across the United States. So, smiles already. Please help me welcome to this, the next episode of Eleven. Hi, Caroline Bowman. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Do you want to introduce me to that lovely looking gentleman next to you? I really, really, really do. (laughs) This is my husband, Austin Colby, and he plays Prince Hans in Disney's Frozen. That's right. Thank you so much for being here. I'm very, very excited to get the opportunity to talk to you both today. Um, And just thank you, thank you, thank you, because I feel like I followed 
both of your careers for such a long time, but from afar. So to actually get the opportunity to talk to you today means that I can basically firstly tell you how obsessed I am with both of you, but also ask you all those weird fan questions, which are probably going to be like, that's such a strange thing, but it hopefully will make sense by the end. So let's dive in and give this a go. But before we talk specifics and Disney magic and just how much I think the world needs the Frozen tour right now, where's the most important member of your household right now? Is he there? Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. He's laying. He's, he's... he's asleep, or else we could probably get him get him to come and have a little cameo. Sometimes he sings with me. Um, no, Kodak, our German Shepherd. He's he is um, nearly four years old. We adopted him when he was a, just a baby puppy. Right see. there. Oh. Oh, amazing! Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> he just rolled over on his back. He's not. He's so not funny. modest at all. Sorry about that. That means he's really comfortable. Um, he 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 loves your voice, William. There you go. It's oh. you. It's you. So yeah, he he travels with us. We are actually in Orlando right now, and so the the heat is not his favorite. Mm -mm. And so he gets very. I mean, he's a German Shepherd. He's got so much fur. <laughs> Trust me, we vacuum a lot. Um, and he's just, he's our, he's our little buddy, but yeah, he doesn't like the heat. He prefers the cold, kind of like Elsa, you know. <laughs> it seems fitting. Did you know that when you got him that he would become like the one that everyone wants to talk about in your relationship? Did you know that he would become basically sort of pull focus in everything? He's the one we always talk about. Like we don't talk about each other. We just talk about our- No, our, it's our so funny. Sometimes when we go out to dinner, I'm like, what else, what would we have to talk about if we didn't have our dog? <laughs> <laughs> like he's our baby he's mm -hmm. our child he's complicated and wonderful and we love him to death <laughs> but he's also an emotional support dog at times as well which i loved that photograph that you both shared and i want to talk about it very quickly because as much as we joke about the fact that they obviously come into your lives and they bring all the amazing fun stuff sometimes obviously it can be quite sad as well but they do have this emotional connection which i can imagine when you just need that extra person that's who you go to, and and that photo was really special. That was uh, Austin took that photo, and I was having a I was having a pretty rough day, and I thought it was so beautiful. I and Kodak just knew he knew, and he not only did he like he never lets me hug him the way he like let me hug him in that photo, and then not only did he do that, but then after he was done like comforting me, he turned away from me and sat as close as possible, like leaned on me and faced away like he was guarding me. Like he was like, nobody's gonna mess with my mama. It She's, was- Yeah, mom's it, in a vulnerable place and I'm I'm here to protect her. It was so, it was, it made me cry more, so. <laughs> I'm so glad that you have that photograph as well. So it's a really good picture to have taken, just to remember, even when you're probably feeling really good and you're like, I just know he's there. So it's definitely, it's definitely a good one. And I believe, are there also other dogs and potentially cats on this tour? I believe he's part of a bit of a family, right? Oh yes, there's, I. I don't have how many um, total, I would guess over a dozen pets oh. um, on tour. I think a lot of people over the um, pandemic quarantine um, sought animals because they had the time to to raise them and wanted the company and they all brought them on tour, which is amazing. So we have a lot of people now driving the tour with their furry friends in the car. Do you ever hear like, love is an open door with a dog in the background? Has that ever happened? Has, have you been like, that's definitely not in the script. <laughs> <laughs> They're not allowed in the theater, so we don't get a lot of the, um, trust me, I tried. <laughs> I tried to get Kodak to be able to 
be written in my contract. Well, we spoke about the most important person in your family. So let's talk about the next, of course, very important people. And that's both of you. I guess for like the three people that don't know, do you want to just give a little bit of context as to how special this moment is? Because you guys are obviously married, but also you're playing in the same show as well, which I can't imagine really happens all that often. No, we know we we know how lucky we are. We So Austin and I have been together. We have been together for nine years, married for little over five now no four no four sorry i'm adding time <laughs> um so we've been together nine years married a little over four and this is the very first show we've ever done together so we're both actors and he's been on tour i've been on tour and you, we've really been passing ships like our entire career just he i come home i come back to new york he leaves new york uh, we and then Right before we started Frozen, we were both in New York at the same time. He was doing Jersey Boys, I was doing Kinky Boots, and um, that was that was pretty dang magical. We didn't think it could get better than that. We both were auditioning for Frozen at the same time, and kind of having the conversation of, you know, this may not happen for us. We may not get this together, but it would be really cool if it did. So sometimes we just would like. We'd fan. We'd say, "Okay, let's fantasize for a second. and we'd like talk about our perfect scenario. And then, lo and behold, our perfect scenario happened. And I became Queen Elsa on the Frozen tour, and he was Prince Hans. And we got rid of our New York City apartment, bought a car, packed up our life, and committed to life on the road. And, you know, of course, that was in twenty nineteen. Life had other plans for about a year and a half. It is it is the greatest gift of my life. Like he is off stage every day sing while I'm singing Let It Go. I see like I see his shadow in the wings supporting me and, and loving me and it's like makes it it takes the pressure off because I just know like my number one is just right there. And, and it's then, so it's yeah. just so rewarding to be able to to watch somebody you love do what they love. Um, so much and also do it so well as well as Caroline does and then to hear the audience response and stuff it it's um we've both been been able to watch each other's performances from the audience but to do it from the wings and also watch each other's rehearsal process mm -hmm. and, and oh yeah that was cool as they're as we're creating the characters watching each other do that and watching the scene work and stuff it's um Caroline's one of my biggest inspirations, just the way she works and, and how she's respected um, in the industry. It's 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 so it's so rewarding. And then to to share the the love that we have with each other um, on the road is is such a gift. What's wild about our tracks too is that we have like a few scenes together, but like I have I have the ability to kind of watch his scenes as well. Mm -hmm. So like I'm right off stage during Love is an Open Door, I'm sitting right there. Like just and so I watch him every night do that. I'm like, I get to like, we come home then I'm like, wow, your voice was really soaring tonight. Like we just like, so we're still watching each other, but now we're just in the, you know, in the same show. It's, it's really neat. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Awesome. Does it also give you the opportunity as well to see your wife do perhaps a different role, which is as a company leader as well, because you get to be a colleague as well as her partner, which I can't imagine you've actually seen before. Oh, absolutely. I've been able to interact with her cast in the past that I haven't been a part of um, and just hear the things, um, hear how much she's adored by both cast and crew. Um, but then to witness it is is truly amazing. And um, not only am I in the wings when she sings Let It Go, but the entire ensemble is in the wings. And if she tries something different vocally or something, people are like, 
like just fanning out, like going <laughs> wild and just so excited. And, and, it, and I think that like she truly is the leader and, and she brings her all every day. And so there's really, there's no hint of anybody half-assing their performance because they see her and they're like, well, if Caroline Bowman is, is here giving 150% every day, I, I got to do it too. And it's, and I think, I think it shows I was, um, I had a incident where I had to be out of the show, but I was able to come and see the show and to watch the show and see something that you're a part of. It's, it's, it's clear in the, in the performance and it's, it's, we have a really special company that Mm -hmm. we're grateful to be a part of. And yeah, we're a family. Do you get nervous for each other when you know there are either big vocal moments or big, very important sort of acting moments in the show? Do you sort of live it through each other? So you're sort of almost playing a part and a half really. Yeah. Oh yeah. oh yeah i mean if i know like because we know each other's we know each other inside and out like we're like we're we're soulmates so i i know if i don't know if austin's a little tight he told me before the show he's a little tired today so he's nervous about so i'm i feel like but it's less about being nervous and more about i'm i try to like take that and make it good energy and so i i kind of give him like I kind of send him my energy when I know he's got like a high note coming up or or a part that he might be nervous about. But it's it's so interesting because I feel like um, we sound um, different and we're extra critical of our own performance performances. So we'll hear something as we (laughs) as we're singing and be like, oh, that didn't quite sound right. And then later talk about it and we'll say, oh, it's so interesting that that's what it sounded like to you. Because to me on the outside, it sounded like this. And you're like, oh, Okay, great. It's super helpful for our inner critics because mm-hmm. <laughs> we can just ask somebody outside and they insecurities and stuff they're happy like to talk about you. <laughs> right, right. Caroline, when an opportunity to play a part like this comes along, which is the leading role in the second highest grossing animation film of all time, which is only second because its sequel beat it, which I think is ridiculous. But when an opportunity <laughs> like this does come along, do you go, well, yeah, of course, or do you actually do what I think I would do, which is go, hold on a second, this is quite a lot. I need to make sure that I'm where I want to be. Even though it's appealing, it's a big commitment. I guess, how did how did it start for you? Both. Okay. When the movie came out, I was like, yeah, cool. Yeah. That's my Disney queen. That's my Disney princess. Like that's, that's my high belting queen I've been waiting for. (laughs) So of course I had, I kind of started manifesting that dream of, of wanting to play Elsa. But then of course I was like, my, you can't do it. Literally. I could not do it. I couldn't sing, let it go. I, I tried, I was singing in my apartment. I tried, I went rented studios. I was like trying, trying, trying. And I was like, okay, this may not be the the one for me getting over that mental that mental block because I for sure had it and it was fascinating because once I did and I started just like kind of believing and being more like for some reason every anytime I walked into an audition I could do it and but I but I couldn't when I was practicing it so I kind of was just like releasing it and being like whatever it's going to be what it's going to be I had this audition so I'm just going to go and and then I was like oh that went better than I thought okay I got a call back great let's try it again great so it was like the universe was kind of leading me in this direction and saying nah nah you got this but I didn't believe it and so yeah it's a big endeavor because it's iconic now and people everybody knows the song everybody knows the song but everybody also knows Elsa and and she represents um something really important to a lot of people like for different reasons and so getting over that and just looking at it like a character on paper and and a song that I love to sing and and 
you know, the, the saying, okay, Caroline, you've done, you've done hard stuff before. You've done hard roles. You've done hard things and kind of getting over myself and just, and once I did that, I, I was able to do it. It's, it's really wild. And then of course, after coming back from the pandemic, there was a whole nother lo- load of insecurities and, and nerves that I had to get over again. And I'm sure every single artist in the, on the planet had to as well. Cause we all are just coming out of this like crazy vulnerable place we were all in. And I was, I was singing, singing, let it go on zoom quite a bit over the 18 months. And so I turned to Austin and I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I literally said that before we went back to rehearsals in August of 2021, then we were in rehearsal and I did let it go for the first time in our run through Austin Colby came up to me and he said, zoom. (laughs) That's nothing against the the people that she was doing the Zoom concerts for. Absolutely not. It's just, it's not the same. There's something about performing live theater in the room. There's that energy, that that, that magic that we were craving for, you know, a year plus. And so um, my my saying that was not, the, it was just the technology. We don't need this, we don't need this filter. Well, I guess you kind of made Zoom my inner critic. Like that's like the person that's telling me that I can't do it was Zoom. <laughs> like if we were gonna make, create Zoom yeah. was. <laughs> I feel like with shows like Frozen, they work in their entirety. Like, yes, of course, all the attention comes to Let It Go because of the song and the success it had. But I can imagine Monsters equally as hard for you vocally mm-hmm. because it's a it's a beast, but I can't imagine you have the same amount of fear as that because it doesn't have necessarily the same reputation. So it sort of is a bit of a mind game, really. Absolutely, absolutely. I feel, I feel like I I say this all the time, but you're you're coming to hear Let It Go, but you're not, you can't expect what you're actually going to hear, which is Caroline Bowman's "Let It Go." It's like, I mean, it's a, it's it's what you love about the song, but it's so much more as well. It's absolutely world class, and I can imagine for you, Austin, getting to watch your wife perform not just that song, but the entire show, and to live her life as a real life Disney princess and as a queen. I mean, just extraordinary, right? Oh, absolutely. I I remember. And I don't know if you shared this, and I'll let you share this story. Caroline was actually a part of the the film. She was a voice mm-hmm. in the film. Um, she was like, do you want to go see this movie I'm in? Like, I had no idea. My voice is in it. And I was like, great. And so when we were watching it, and Caroline was like really into it, to, to, to come all that way and, and see her perform it, it's just, it's exciting. Speaking of sort of expectations, one thing that I am always interested in is like how we are physically versus what we see in animation. And I think the thing about Hans is that there's very much this perfect prince type character, the the way that he acts, the way that he looks, the way that he sounds. Austin, do you feel like a pressure to look perfect and to be the perfect prince? Is that something that you think people really are expecting me to be like the perfect sketch? Or is that something that you go, I know what I am and I love being like this and I'm going to bring a new dimension to it, I guess. Because I think we've probably got thoughts on how perfect you are, but I can't imagine you also think the same it's a weird thing right i think that's that's a really good question what i find to be an advantage about playing hans is that not to spoil anything but he's a he's a different person by the end of the story Um, (laughs) and i have fun every night during the show trying to make you forget about his turn to know that i am playing a character who's putting on a facade kind of takes that takes that away from everything and i think that like there is the element of he is prince charming i am very fortunate to be wearing christopher orham's design costumes because they are just i i remember (laughs) 
I remember calling Caroline after oh, my yeah. fitting and saying, I've never felt more handsome wearing the, these costumes. He does not talk that way either. So it's like, it, it's a big deal when Austin is like, I, was like, I, I feel good. I look good. And I mean... And he works really hard to... He works really hard... <laughs> Thank you. And so it's it's good that you can say those positive things about yourself. But yeah, but you I think, deserve it. But I think that's the thing. Is like he he's he's pretending to be Prince Charming for for this girl to to advance in in life. So um, I don't. So I guess to answer your question, I don't really feel the pressure because I know he's just the bad guy in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I love seeing people after the show, especially little ones who are a little uh, afraid when they realize I played Hans. They're a little bit they're a little bit scared, and I'm and I always say, now what did we learn? We don't trust men. I must confess that the videos and photographs that you put on your social media view in the costume, obviously the costume is amazing, but having followed you, it is unusual to see you fully clothed. I am used to just seeing you without clothing. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> yeah, no, I think there's, I think there's an element of, of social media that we always, you know, present our best self. And so anything that is without clothing, I'm just, you know. Come on, he looks what good. Are they, what do the kids say? Looks F- good. Feeling myself? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think they also say thirsty as well, but that's fine. We'll go with the thirsty. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk to me just a little bit about the audience reaction and, and from those little people that you mentioned, because I feel like musicals, of course, are entertaining. It's a spectacle. I mean, just even looking at some of the photographs and having seen the production here in London, you can say it's just an epic, epic musical. But it also is having an impact on young people, particularly young people that might feel different, that might not feel like they've really ever felt like they have a place. Do you have those interactions with people at stage door? And, and sometimes do you realize that going to work is actually changing people's lives? Quite frankly, I, I don't I don't think I realized how much of an impact this show has on people until I did the stage door. And it breaks my heart that we have to be a little bit more careful this time around. So we're not doing a whole lot of stage dooring, but hopefully soon that'll change. But I would walk out the stage door and have full, full grown adults actually like crying their eyes out, wanting to tell me their story, wanting to share like what an impact the the show let it go in particular like just the character of elsa the sister relationship the that kind of story like has on them um and then you know depending on the age of the kids sometimes the kids are way too young and they don't get that i played elsa because i look i have brown hair i'm not i i don't i'm not walking on the ice dress (laughs) they expect that so sometimes um the um the reaction is rather funny because they they just burst into tears because I am no longer Elsa <laughs> um and then there's like some kids oh sorry you hear Co- you hear the star thirsty. sorry Kodak's <laughs> really thirsty and he drinks so much water so that'll go on like for a while <laughs> right right there you go oh, thirsty gosh. like his dad <laughs> thirsty like his daddy <laughs> um so, yeah, I, I, you know, my favorite is um, the little boys who come, the little boys who come dressed up as Elsa are like, I have, I have actually parted the sea of Elsa's and been like, wait, 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 do you want to, would you like a picture? Would you like an autograph? This is for you. This is for you. I did the show for you. Like, I'm like, that's my, and I love parents bringing their kids and letting their, <laughs> it's just still drinking water. Sorry. <laughs> 
um, the parents who are bringing their kids and letting their kids be them. And that's really special. It's so special to me, especially because that's not, that's not the story of Frozen. The story of Frozen starts with the parents saying, you can't be who you are. It's actually rather messed up. Because I'm like, wow, those parents are good parents, but they don't know what they're doing. And they're saying, like, I sometimes, I, when I listen, like, I'm getting ready for, I'm not, I'm not in the show for, like, the first 15, 20 minutes. And so I listen to the show, and I'm like, it is so messed up that what these parents are saying to their little kids. It's like, like, no, 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 no. What, what did we tell you? You can't, you, that, ha- that has to stay secret. You can't be who you are. You can't do, it's like, and I sometimes, when I do actually, like, really hone in, I come out and I'm angry. I'm like, this is messed up. I can't believe we're telling this story. <laughs> but, um, you know, they just didn't know better, obviously. And Well, if you think about it, they're also, like, they're they're trying to protect both of their children. You yeah. Know, one's, one was harmed, and so they're like, they have to they have to be separated. And, like, it's complicated. And I think that's what's good, good storytelling, too, is for somebody to watch it and be like, oh, I don't know what I would do, considering all of this. And there's, like, it's like a debate and stuff. Oof, but I, like, even, like, I don't know, the beginning of our show, I feel like that could be rather triggering for people, maybe, totally. too. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it is, it's hard. It's a, it's... That's a really traumatic and to get like deeper about Frozen and that's why I t- I say this to I say this in interviews all the time that I, that the adults that are coming to the show are going to see the deeper messages. The kids are going to love it because it's Frozen and it's got everything they want, but like the the adults are the ones that are really going to pick up on like the trauma that these girls are going through and actually like quite frankly if they lived in their room for that long and were by themselves, they would be <laughs> psychopaths maybe (laughs) like it's really like deeply mentally messed up um so it's i don't know it's it's intense (laughs) i don't even remember what the question was that you asked me but here we go trauma bad parents All the perfect recipes of a, of a Disney musical, right? You know, it's, it's just <laughs> ideal. Thanks, Disney. It's a good thing. And I think that's why people connect with it so much. And I think that's why it's had phenomenal success across the United States. Of course, very limited time on Broadway, but it doesn't mean it was in any way a failure. And very much here in the West End, I mean, it is the show to see now. I mean, it's in, I think, our first or second biggest audience in terms of seats. Like, it's an absolute monster of a production. No pun intended. That was very accidental, but it's huge. And yeah. The venues that you guys go to, I mean, just for comparison, so the UK, the West End has huge sort of 1,500, 2,000 seater houses. But if you go outside of the West End, outside of London, it's sort of roundabout, if not less than that. But that doesn't really happen where you guys go, because some of those houses are like, what, two, 3,000 seats? I mean, huge. I mean, how, how do you perform to that many people? Neither of us were part of the Broadway company, so uh, we didn't have the experience of performing this show in a in a Broadway house and these bigger houses were so we're used we're used to that I think there are so many elements to our production both set sound lighting that our crew we love them dearly they are doing so much work to so much every work. two weeks pack up and and load into these different uh, theaters and some theaters um like have a lot of obstacles on how how to get everything in um, so I think most mostly we're used to performing just specifically for the audience sake um, to the larger crowds. We're currently in um, in Orlando at the Dr. Phillips Center. It's so beautiful. It's gorgeous, so beautiful. and they it's similar to a Broadway house in that the the audience kind of goes up and it's closer, but some audiences will just go straight out, and that and that feels like they're a little bit further away. 
I'll only speak for myself, but I prefer the the closer, the more intimate. I feel like they're especially engaged, especially with audiences right now still wearing masks, which is kind of muffling any response they have. But even if when they were further away, we weren't really able to hear them. And, and you know, truthfully, as a performer, we really feed off of, of that feedback from the audience. So, um, but I think each, each house is a little bit different. We had our opening night last night and it felt, they were so close and so responsive. So it responsive. felt like we were doing a, like a sitcom. Like they were laughing after every single it was thing. It was so like a laugh fun. Track. It was so, so fun. fun. Um, but we're constantly adapting. But the stage always feels the same. Yeah. So that's what's, so our set, like we have our, um, I think we do travel like a, a, a stage, mm-hmm, yeah. a frozen, yeah, our fro- our floor. So like the stage is the same size. The wings are always the same size. The set's always the same. So we, that const, that constant is helpful because you get into a theater and you're like, oh, this looks different looking out. We're doing sound check and we can like see all the seats and see all the, but then the lights go down and it's the same. So that's, that's helpful. Cause I, I feel like, um, we get, I don't know, we have so many opening nights on tour. Mm-hmm. And so I get a little bit nervous every single opening night, like the same nerves come up. And then the second I step out on stage, I'm like, oh, this is this. Okay. We're here again. It's like, it's magic. It's, it's. It really is. I really, I really, I love doing theater. When we we finished the show last night, we were walking to our, our car and I turned to Austin and I was like, I love performing. I love, I love this so much. And I really mean it. So it's it does like bring you, like even, I was nervous for different reasons yesterday and over, a little overwhelmed and I, we started the show and I was like, oh, okay, this is my home. This is what I do. It's cool. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You also got to be part of the touring production here, which was a slightly different version to what was seen in New York, which is the same production actually that we have here in London and has gone to Australia, which means that you guys got to originate so many different parts. There are, of course, different changes, which means that you're actually part of the Frozen sort of family history. This is your version of it that's gone everywhere. Yeah, that was really cool too, because normally when you do a tour, so you're putting you're putting on the same thing that they did on Broadway out on the road. They want Broadway to tour the... And so we got, when they were implementing changes, um, it was really exciting because it kind of felt like we got to originate certain parts of these roles. Obviously, like the original Casey Levy and Patty Murin are beautiful humans and, and incredible. They originated the roles. But like the fact that we got to like kind of have our creative input instead of just telling them, no, do this because this is how it's done was really special and now like you know we we originated there's a new duet that Anna and Elsa do and just I don't know we got to put stamps on these characters and have and bring our ideas and because there was new stuff and the creative team was so receptive to that um so we didn't feel like we were stuck in a box that they just wanted us to do they were really like happy to hire people that brought new ideas to the table. Um, I yeah, I came into this job ready for them to say, 
cool, you're going to stand here, you're going to say the line this mm-hmm. way, this is how it's done, this is what it was done on Broadway. We, 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 we figured out all the kinks and this works. So I was fully prepared to do that. Um, and then when I came in and had rehearsals with Michael Grandage and Rob Ashford and they turned to me and they were like, what do you think? And I was like, oh, that is so, um, that's such an honor for you to actually ask for our input. Uh, but I think it really served them well because it was allowing these characters to really live through us as individuals and, and live on our bodies. And I think they they found new stuff that they were able to create, which is really, really cool. And, and the best collaborative experience I've had to date. Like we did table work for mm-hmm. a tour. Like you never do table, like you do table work and like readings and like before Broadway, before like an original show. But we like sat down to discuss the characters. I did Let It Go. I spoke Let It Go, <laughs> which <laughs> I don't need to do that again. But, <laughs> but like it was really hard to do too because how do you how do you get out of the rhythm and make it a monologue? But yeah, I totally did Let It Go as a monologue and and was we created the mountaintop and what it, what it would feel like if it, like the the floor was covered in snow like we full out were like <laughs> it was like back to the basics acting 101 and it was fun it was really cool it's just like it's neat that they asked us to be a part of this production when you speak theater sometimes you try and explain it it does sound quite strange doesn't it oh You're it's like, so we, weird <laughs> we are so weird we're such weird creatures and i love it it's so weird <laughs> Carolina, how are you finding my accent? Because I think it should be an accent that you know quite well. Um, are you from Northampton? Well, I'm from the <laughs> town one along, but yes, for the sake of this, let's say. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love, I feel like I'm home. No, it's, I did so many dialect cl- classes on the, the Northampton accent. It's a little bit more, um, the way I described it, forward, a little bit, um, <laughs> It's good. It's good. Good. Thank you. It is good. I should have called you. (laughs) Trust me, it's better than some of the Northampton accents that I've heard, naming no names, but some of them are very interesting. We sound a little bit Australian, I think, sometimes, which is... Australia is quite a long way away from where I am. Oh, it's so funny. When I was doing Kinky Boots, I'm like, wow, where where are they from? Because I I, I thought we were... (laughs) There's definitely, um, you know, Americans trying to do a British accent and especially like a specific region. Like we really wanted to be like hone in on the specific region of Northampton. And um, yeah, it's, it's, some people were better than others <laughs> at it, but we did our best. We really, really, we had a dialect coach on us all the time. And she was like, I had notes upon notes upon notes. And so we were definitely doing our best to be authentic. So I hope we didn't um, offend your people. <laughs> No, not at all. Honestly, I think people were just overwhelmed that a musical from there could actually have such the success that it did. I think we were all sort of like, this is really, really, really cool. And also your accent is is as good as British people trying to do American accents, which is just one generic New York or Texas. There's no nothing else. There's no in between, I, right? I feel like there's like always a really hard R. Yeah. Like it's like just make the it's a really hard R when you're like when I hear when I hear British actors trying to do American accents. Um, but yeah, I we were shocked too about Kinky Boots. I think we were we we had I mean we knew in the cast like the original cast we were in love with each other and we we loved the show and we cared a lot about it but we we never know you never know how it's going to be received and so when it was like a, such a success and we won the Tony and stuff it was um 
It was so exciting. Yeah. Such a fun group of people, too. Definitely. It's a shame that the lead, nothing really ever happened with him, did it? I know. <laughs> Billy Porter, nobody knows his name. It's just, he's just... <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, literally like an actual superstar. Um, Austin, can really? I talk to you about Jersey Boys? Because it's come back to the West End. It's like oh. taken off. I mean, it's literally like the show, again, to see like people are falling in love with it again. Is When you join a show like that, is it like you feel secure, you know it's amazing, you know audiences are going to love it? Or are you sort of scared by the fact that these were real people and therefore perhaps they expecting a specific thing I guess as a creative how do you approach it kind of similar to how I came into Frozen the Jersey Boys show has lived for a while and they do know what works there is something that's very specific about about everything about the how it's sung how it's um, choreographed and um, with our dialect and stuff New Jersey accent and stuff it was it was very specific and there was a part of me that really, really loved that. And it already, like Frozen, already has a great following. Um, so it was really an honor to be a part of it. I had auditioned numerous times for Jer Jersey Boys before I actually booked it. And when I did get the part and rehearsed it, um, my my opening, my first show was around the same time that they were celebrating, I think they're like 500th show off Broadway. And so I, I went up to um, Mary Sugarman, who was the casting director, and I said, thank you for not casting me until I was ready, because I feel like the, the material and the content um, would have been really overwhelming for the Austin that was initially auditioning. But I think I got I got a little bit more seasoned in the industry and was able to like wrap my head around it because in the show they they're narrating their part of the story but they're narrating it as present day which is like 80s but it was it was I mean it was so cool to play Bob Gaudio I mean he he was he's, so good he's such a fun he's so good he's such a fun role and has such great songs there was one day I was at um we were starting the show and for some reason I was like oh I'm just gonna see who like what the audience is like and I I peeked out and I was like oh wow that guy that guy really looks like Bob Gaudio that's so funny and I went backstage and I was like hey my buddy Mark um if you've met Bob, right? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, so you'd recognize him if you saw him. And he was like, oh yeah. I was like, I think he's in the audience. And he goes, oh, he is. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I wasn't going to tell you, but since you saw him, he's here. That's so and wild. So, like you're telling oh, yeah. a story, like oh, yeah. a real person. And I, so, <laughs> so we did the show. I luckily um, didn't embarrass myself. And then after, after the show, he came backstage. I was walking up to introduce myself. And he just looks at me and he goes, well, if it isn't Bob. And he was just the kindest person. I got, there's like a big sheet music for the song Sherry that is like the, one of the first hits that Bob writes. And he, he signed for me to Bob from Bob. And um, <laughs> just like, he's such, he, he's such a kind, kind person. And it was, it was great to meet him and also to hear some really, really cool stories. It's, it's cool to be a part of that, of, of the Jersey Boys history too. It's, it's an honor. When we have a home, that'll definitely be a framer. Yeah. It's also a good job that it's not a particularly hard show vocally as well, right? They're pretty easy songs to, no, that's not true, right? It's a flipping hard song. I mean, they're, they're, there's no Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley's, I, yeah. yeah. I don't know how they, how they were able to do that. I don't really have an upper, like, extension that like Frankie high falsetto voice. And there were a couple of times that Bob had to sing that and I was like, eh. <laughs> just straining. 
It's probably the group numbers because like singing in a group mm -hmm. is is that can be more straining than being a soloist. I mean, it's like yeah. I feel like my voice was more tired when I was in the ensemble of things than when I don't know when I can have control and know what I'm like just hearing my voice by itself. So, but it was definitely one of the most challenging shows to do because not only is there choreography but i had to play the keyboard and sing and do the choreography at the same time and move the keyboard as we were like moving <laughs> around so it was the, there was there was a lot of this austin head rubbing the tummy austin has a process of we all have our you know actual process but his his process is that like Halfway through rehearsal, he'll call me or talk, or come home and say, I can't do it. It's not going to happen. Like Kind of like what I did with Let It Go, right? Yeah. Um, but you're like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. My process and... isn't complete until I've had a panic attack. Yeah, so there we go. Good. <laughs> he has his panic and I'm like, and usually I just am like, okay, okay. Well, you know, we just one step at a time. And then I like know he's on track when he's like, he's like, he's questioning that he can't do it. <laughs> so, yeah. and Bob Gaudio was, he was like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. I don't think I'm going to be, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then you do it and it's, it's remarkable. And it all comes from a place of caring, caring about the work and caring yeah. about. Yeah, of course, doing, so. of course. Caroline, I want to just quickly ask you about the world of YouTube, because of course I joked that there are lots of videos of you on there, rightly or wrongly, lots of people have lots of different opinions on those. One video of you that did go viral was the video of you in Evita. Um, mm -hmm. I think, and I, were you saying Buenos Aires? I think it was the end of- or Rainbow High, maybe. Rainbow High, yes. When you get your performance captured like that, and I guess you that becomes sort of the legacy of your performance for people that didn't see it. Do you lean into that? Or do you go actually, like I think I would, which is go, when I change that, I do this, I do this. I guess when that moment happened, how did you react? Well, it's funny with that. With the, I know what video you're talking about in particular, and I'm like, oh man, that was early on in the tour. I sang it much better a couple months later. <laughs> like, I'm like, or like I did it with much more vigor, or like I knew the character better a couple months later. Like you know, so that's that's sort of it, it's. I guess that's sort of hard when things are captured one day, one performance. We do it eight times a week. Like every day is a little different, mm -hmm. and so. And that's what live, you know, live performance. So um, it's, you know, I'm, I have a, I have a interesting relationship with YouTube because it, like, when I was in college, YouTube was beginning, and I would watch videos of my favorite alphabets and and watch Wicked videos at nauseum. Like, I wouldn't go out and hang out with my friends. I'd freaking watch YouTube videos of alphabets. So like, I, it's cool that we have this like that we have the ability to be able to like go back in time and see these performances we weren't able to see. And like, you're, you're in England, like you're able, you've able to, you've seen me perform, but, um, yeah, there are, so, I'm a perfectionist and I'm like, ah, I know I could do this like this. And I, I were, I don't know, you know, I want to, I want to have my best work put out there and it kind of, you lose control. And then of course there's like videos of days when, you crack or when you're like tired or you're just, it's not your favorite thing to have out there and you wouldn't choose it. So, um, it's tricky, but, yeah. um, I, I loved playing Evita. I, I loved playing that role. And, um, so I'm glad there's some, like, I don't have much from that time. Cause I was, it was kind of before, I mean, Instagram was alive and well, but it, you know, people weren't really videotaping their entire lives. So I don't have that um, much from 
that experience. So it's nice. It's a nice little reminder that, oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> cool. You, de- you definitely do from Frozen because your husband films you every night. So <laughs> there you go. That's true. That's true. And I know which <laughs> alphabet that you used to watch because the person that you used to watch is currently out on 11 at the moment, Miss Teal Wicks. Yes. I love Teal. I love, so I did my solo show in 2016 and I asked her to sing, um, be a special guest and I did a whole thing on talking about favorite alphabets. Like everybody has their favorite alphabet. And I used to watch Teal. I loved how thick her voice. Um, I loved her. Like it was the first time I heard a an alphabet that wasn't like she's just like it's like this like gravitas that I really enjoyed. Um, and kind of like Evita. Like I, I just love the way she sang it. I love the way she played. It. She's such a great actor, and she's such a good human. Like so nice and. So, and that's, I'm realizing that too. I'm like, the more and more I've met idols of mine, like people I've looked up to and admired, um, I'm, I'm so grateful when they're good people <laughs> too. Cause I'm like, ah, kind of ruins it all for me when I realize that you're like, not so great. <laughs> um, you've both been incredibly kind with your time. So thank you so much. And I am so jealous of the audiences that get to witness both of your magic on stage. So please enjoy the rest of it. I just have one final question. There is the video of you finding out that you booked Wicked on Broadway. And it's a very special, incredibly, incredibly personal moment. Very emotional. I can imagine that's sort of when all the stars aligned and the dreams happened. So my question is, what do you think your success that you've had since that moment? What do you think all the successes, particularly playing Elsa now, what do you think these moments would have meant to, to that girl desperate to get into Wicked on Broadway? What would that have meant? Oh my gosh, what a loaded question. Um, and what a cool perspective to like just- to... Sure. I mean, three weeks before that video was taken, I moved to New York with two suitcases and a prayer. Like I literally, I have an image of my mom driving away on 52nd Street and me being like, okay, here we go. Here's this, I wanted to live in New York. I wanted to be on Broadway. And I think get getting to this point in my career, I could have never expected the journey that I that I've had the past 12 or so years. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I had a very um, narrow view, quite frankly. Like, I think I wanted to be on Broadway. Broadway. But I don't think I realized that there's, like, all these other paths you can take. And, and you can go here, and you can go here, and this can take you overseas. And um, so I, as, like, that girl, that 23-year-old, um, my, my vision has expanded. And my, my manifestation has it can be it's even bigger than I imagined so I mean I I it's I it's crazy that I'm here I don't know that's like it's not a great word to use to describe it but um yeah I have I have a lot of goals and a lot of dreams that are just keep getting bigger as I've gotten older and and wiser and and also just like I believed in myself then I believed that I could do it I think but I was like I I it's it's wild when your dreams come true and they just keep coming true it's really cool it's really yeah but i want to come i want to come and perform in the west end so maybe we maybe we will be able to meet in person (laughs) definitely fingers crossed and austin do you promise more elsa videos and more thirsty instagram pictures (laughs) only for you okay thank you very much that's the answer i wanted (laughs) caroline austin this has been such a pleasure thank you so much for your time i really really appreciate it thank you this is awesome this is a pleasure You've been listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Find out more about Eleven at elevenpodcast.com or via the Broadway Podcast Network. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.